It's time for Carolina Blitz, the freshest coverage of Carolina sports and entertainment. Hosted by founder and editor-in-chief, Bash Ty Hurt. She don't play games. She covers them. Thank you for tuning in to our first episode of Carolina Blitz on ESPN, the game. My name is Bash Ty Hurt. I'm your host, and I'm also founder and editor-in-chief of Carolina Blitz. That's a website. That's a brand dedicated to finding fresh and compelling news stories in and outside of traditional sports reporting and sharing them with you, the fan, in a way that's entertaining and fun. We are a credentialed media outlet. We cover the Panthers. We cover Duke, UNC, NC State, and more. So make sure you're checking us out on all your social media outlets and going to carolinablitz.com. So let me give you a little intro into how this show is going to work. We will be coming to you guys every Saturday, 1030 right here on 7.30 The Game. Uh, So if you follow us, which I hope you do, um, on Twitter or Instagram, Facebook, at Carolina Blitz, you'll know that we appreciate the fans of the teams and the passion that they have uh, and and, and the interaction that we have on what we call what sports Twitter, I guess. Um, We also like to do things a little differently. So each week we will highlight you, the fans of the teams we cover, And have a special co-host. Each week we'll have a new co-host. So if you're interested, our DMs are open. Go to at Keep Blitzen on Twitter and uh, shoot us a DM. Let us know. Make sure you um, shoot your email address and the the team that you're a fan of. And shoot us your information. And we will try to get you set up as a special co-host. Now, this week, this week, I'm excited, extremely excited to have our first co-host. It's, his name is Jamal Darby. Jamal co-hosts a great podcast called Under Construction. Guys, if you aren't listening to this podcast, I suggest you do so. They come on after the Panthers games on Sunday. Jamal is a very opinionated <laughs> Panthers fan, uh, a Charlotte native, uh, and he and Rodney do a great job with that podcast. Make sure that you are following the podcast on Twitter, Facebook and YouTube. Just search under construction now, Jamal. Yes. First of all, thanks for being here. Thank you for having. You me. know we go back. Of course. We go back. Now, Absolutely. I need people to understand the depths of your fandom and then your bitterness. <laughs> bitterness. <laughs> your nickname. How am I going to be attacked on my first day here? Wow. Your nickname is the Angry Black <laughs> Fan. Please. Expound on that, is please, that, oh. please do. Well, the 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 nickname, the angry black fan, was actually coined by an an old friend of mine uh, from way back in in middle school, and I, I was doing a segment on Facebook that was not titled at that moment, and she said, you know what, <clears throat> a good title for your segment would be the angry black fan, and that's the one that everybody was like, you know what, that's it. They got like a hundred likes, and people was like, yeah, you need to name your segment that. And it kind of stuck. So, Are you angry, though? Look, man, I prefer to be called passionate. I, I, angry is such a harsh and bitter term. It's such a bitter connotation. <laughs> I am just a passionate dude. And when I speak, I want people to listen. And people take it as being angry. Now, uh, don't get me wrong. Uh, my teams have made me angry. That's that's pretty oh, p- Please share. Please share with our <laughs> listeners your team so look, that they can get the perspective. Professionally, 704 all day, Panthers, Hornets. Um, outside of that. You know, no baseball team here, so I'm an Oakland Athletics fan. I know that's weird. That'll be explained another day. 
Florida State fan, UConn fan, born in Connecticut. That's kind of me and my dad's thing. So that's who I roll with, man. So it's been it's been kind of rough. It's been Florida, rough. Florida State. No, I even don't even bring that out. Look, <laughs> you want to see anger? I, did, I didn't put them on the agenda, <laughs> yeah, but if you I really want to see some anger. Bring them up. <laughs> okay, we're we're not gonna talk about Florida State today. We will, we'll try to keep for our listeners, our new listeners. Again, thanks for tuning in. You're listening to Carolina Blitz Radio on ESPN 7:30. We will try to focus this on our Carolina teams that we cover. We have Jamal Darby, co-host of Under Construction. We're happy to be here. Our, we're, our, we are happy to have you. So we're going to get it started. We're going right. to get it popping off. Let's go. Question number one. Are the Falcons a rival of the Panthers? Now this week, several players were asked about Sunday's game against the Falcons and if they considered it a rivalry. Every one of the players we asked, uh, most notably DJ Moore, who's been with the team for three years, he basically said, I never even heard such a thing. I never heard anything about this being a rivalry. It's basically just another game. So, Jamal, was there ever a rivalry? Is there still one? Do you consider the Panthers and Falcons a rivalry? I, look, I'm I'm going to say something that may not be very popular amongst the Charlotte fan base here. In order for a rivalry to exist, one team has to actually win sometimes. So to answer one of your questions, lately, no, it has not been a rivalry lately because they have pretty much owned us. I don't even know how many games it is now. Now, has it been a rivalry in the past? Absolutely. Especially if you are a fan that has traveled to Atlanta to witness a Panthers-Falcons game, you feel every bit of that rivalry. I'm a little disappointed in how DJ Moore kind of answered that question. You know, Why? I, I don't look. I, I know it's different being in the fan seat than it is being in the player seat. And the players kind of have to approach every game like it's another game. Mm-hmm. I, I understand that. But I want to see some extra passion when you go get your division rivals. I, I it, it should be. Something even when that division rivals has been beating the brakes off the Panthers, that's even more reason why it should be some extra passion there. Because if I'm DJ Moore and I don't got my butt kicked, I don't know how many times in a row now, I, I would answer that question a little differently. Well, the Panthers are 18 and 30 all time against the Falcons, 12 and 12 at home, six and 18 away. Now, DJ Moore has been with the team for what three years, right? In the last five years, the Panthers are two and eight against the Falcons. And we talked about that. But the five and the five years before, they were what, five and six. Right. You remember the Jake Delome days. I now that is when days. that's when it was a real It rivalry. was popping. Absolutely. Absolutely. And let me tell you something, man. Even more so in the Mike Vick days and the Jake Delome days, it was intense. Those were some really fun games to, you know, watch or either really go to. So yeah. from 2003 to 2009, the Panthers and the Falcons went seven, uh, seven and seven. They had an even record, including two overtime losses to Sunday night football. And I remember personally and, and even somewhat in recent years, but even the fans, like I remember Falcons fans would come to Charlotte and they felt like they were coming to take over right. uptown right. because, oh, we're Falcons fans and we're dirty burden. And, you know, they felt like, OK, we run this NFC South thing. And so I I think that there is a rivalry. There, they may not. The, the players may not know about it, right. but the fans, oh, the fans absolutely. There yeah. is definitely oh, a rivalry. A- absolutely. And, and to take it even further, 
you know, Atlanta, the, the dirty birds come out. We're from Atlanta. We're coming to small little old Charlotte. Y'all can't compare to us. They're like, they're snug. They're smug attitudes toward the city and the teams. I, I, I look, I will hate the Falcons until the day I die. More than the Saints? More than the Saints, yes. Wow. I, I know I'm in the minority. More than the Saints. I, and I'm going to tell you why. More so because I have witnessed in person the the rivalry between the Falcons and the Panthers because I've never been to New Orleans. I've never traveled to to see a game there. I've been to more Panthers Falcons games probably more than any games ever. You get what I'm saying? So it's just more of a personal thing for me. Well, I I haven't been. I've been I've been to the to the Georgia Dome a couple of times. Uh, I remember one game. It, it was a it, Steve Smith had torched them, and and we were cutting up and the Georgia Dome and and they were mad at us from Charlotte uh that week and I think that the game was like during New Year's it was like around New Year's Eve mm-hmm. but you know I, I I understand from the players perspective where you know they don't it, if if you haven't been winning and you haven't been entrenched in this culture it's not a rivalry now those Brinson Buckner, Julius Peppers, oh, Chris Jenkins, those, were the days, man. those years. Those were the days. Let me tell you what you couldn't say anything about Atlanta. I think the last player who understood the significance of that rivalry is probably um, Charles Johnson. Yeah, absolutely, Charles Johnson, so, and him being from and he's from Georgia, right? Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I, he he gets it, no doubt. All right, so the NFC South after. <laughs> After the uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers lost, yes, last night, the NFC South is wide open. The Panthers went from rebuild, right, basically, right. to possibly competing for the NFC South. Um, again, Tampa Bay lost last night. The Panthers are just a half a game behind the Bucks for first place in the division. I, it's it's it blows my mind that I'm even saying that, right? Yeah, yeah. And 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 do the Panthers? Do you think do the Panthers have the talent to win the division? And is it too early to give Matt Rule props? Um, I don't think it's too early to give Matt Rule props. Only for the simple fact that we've seen marked improvement from week one up until the last game. And to kind of expound on your point, you know, I remember on Under Construction, we were talking about how USA Today in the preseason was trashing us, you know, telling us that we weren't going to win three games. And the first two games of the season, you know, I questioned whether we could win five games or not. And here we are now wondering, could we win the dog on the vision? It's crazy, right? It's, it's crazy. But at the same time, before I say what I'm about to say, let me preface my statement. Nobody in this division looks overly impressive. So with that being said, it is a huge possibility that the Carolina Panthers could win the division. Now, I will say this: Sunday, I, and I said this, and I said this on the Under Construction podcast last week. Sunday is going to really tell us where we are. Mm. And no matter, I don't care about I don't care about the Falcons being on for. I really don't care. Our young secondary has a big test with those Falcons wide receivers. Mainly, I think that's the key cog in that game. So, again, Sunday is going to really tell us where we're at. And I can better answer that question more directly <laughs> after Sunday. Now, there was a large contingent of Panthers fans who wanted to see the Panthers actually do bad this year in efforts oh, to God. get uh, Trevor Lawrence. That's disgusting. Yeah. I mean, wh- why is it disgusting? I, I, look, I <laughs> coming from also a diehard Hornets fan who has heard more than enough about tanking and getting a draft pick and all— to me, look, here's the thing. From a fan's perspective, 
I get it. I get that we have our eye on the big fish and the big prize, which in this case was going to be Trevor Lawrence. I get it. Okay. But fans have to understand this. Your team, those players who get paid millions of dollars to go out on that football field and perform every Sunday cannot take that mentality. That is just the dumbest Mm. thing I've ever. It's just dumb to think that players will go out on the field every Sunday Thinking, you know, I don't really care if we win or lose because I like that guy from Clemson. But will it be? Will it be a mentality that the players would take? I don't think that. The, I don't think if if you have competitive guys on your team, I can't see them going out there and purposefully losing. Now you could have a GM or an owner who behind the scenes will say, kind of like what we saw in Jacksonville, where you start trading off some of your better players. And and and. That's a good point, but I think there's a fine line between what the Panthers did this offseason versus what the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Miami Dolphins have done the last one to two offseasons. I think Dave Tepper and crew more so wanted to do a retool more than a rebuild. I don't think they wanted to tear it all the way down because Mm -hmm. if they did, there's other players that that should have been gone. You know what I mean? So I, I just don't think the expectation realistically was to ever be in play for the number one or two pick because one more thing, people need to realize that we are not Jacksonville terrible. We are not New York Jets terrible. We are not New York Giants terrible. So I don't ever think that was realistic. Is middle of the road okay though? Um, it's I, I I've I've questioned myself the direction of this team in the offseason. I'll, I'll I'll answer it that way. And I don't know because the thing with football, with their not being such a complicated salary cap, I don't think it's as bad as it would be in basketball. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? So, and especially with the Panthers, like the Panthers, wherever they have drafted, they've they've drafted very well in the first round. And Marty Herney had a hell of a draft the last go around. Listen, I know people like props, man. People trash Marty Herney. And and to some extent I understand the slander. Right. But looking at this past draft You gotta give that man his props, man. Man, listen. Jeremy Chen is looking like a steal. Derek Brown is looking like the better choice over Isaiah Simmons. Absolutely. You have Yitor Gross Matos, who is looking like who's improving every week. The the usefulness and upside of that of that core of the of the defense. Right. Right. I mean and, and, and we realistically have two rookies who could be in play for defensive rookie of the year. Think about it. Name them. Derek Brown, Jeremy Chin. Jeremy Chin is a bad man. Look, so somebody's gonna listen to this and be like, all right, man, you bugging, you going too far. I'm I'm saying it again. I've said this multiple times on other construction. Jeremy Chin could be a Troy Palomalu type of player. Yes, I said it. I said it today, Friday. Troy Palomalu? Yes, he could be that type of player. Hall of Famer? Hall of Famer. You I giving him it. that four games into the season? I said could be, could be, could be. Now I'm going to tell you why I think that. Troy Polamalu and Jeremy Chin have a lot of similarities. Jeremy Chin, to me, does not have a quote-unquote position. They put Jeremy Chin in linebacker packages. They stuck him at safety. I think he has the ability to play corner if they wanted to do that. So what I'm getting at is he's the type of guy you just kind of put on the field and say, you know what, do what you do, man. Troy Polamalu was the same type of player. Now I'll back up a little bit. I don't know if he's that caliber. I'll backtrack just a little bit. But he's he's absolutely the same type of guy he was. Yeah, uh, Phil Snow. We spoke to uh, Phil Snow yesterday, um, and he had some uh, glaring um, reviews as far as positive reviews of of Jeremy Chen. And 
he basically said that he is a rookie, but he acts like a vet. Mm-hmm. And that's what we've heard from other players. Like he said he got to the facility early and Jeremy Chin was already in there having breakfast. Right. And so I guess when you have that type of maturity and you come in there and I part of it may be, you know, he went to Southern Illinois, right? right. Mm-hmm. So having that kind of Okay, I had to grind all my life. Grinding all my life. Like, he might have that Nipsey Hustle mentality. Look, like, mean, you, I'm with it. You always want that player with that dog in him like that. You know what I he, mean? He definitely, he got some dog. I love it. He got some it. dog. Absolutely. All right, guys. So, we're on to our next segment. Now, let me give you an idea of what this segment is, is going to be about. So, we I call it Blitz or Block. So, I'm going to pose some questions, and we will discuss further, but you will have to take a side. You're either blitzing, meaning you agree with it, or you're blocking, meaning, you, okay, chill, I'm not with what you're talking about. So first one, blitz or block, is Tom Brady a bad sport? <laughs> I'm going to blitz. I'm, I, 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 I'll tell you why. Um, I think Tom Brady has gotten away with a lot over his career, and the, the fact and the reality is, you know, Tom Brady is the GOAT. He's got six rings. He's been wildly successful over his career. And when you're successful, you get away with a lot more than other guys have. Now, if Tom Brady was was was, was Joe Schmo on the Jacksonville Jaguars and he acted the same way, do you think he would still be in the NFL? Absolutely not. I'm blitzing that all the way. I'm definitely blitzing. I'm all out blitz. Uh, bringing safeties. I'm bringing everybody. All out blitz. Hey, what, what's the play on Madden? All, all smoke. All smoke. All smoke. <laughs> bringing all the smoke. Tom Brady, what I saw last night, when he dug into that offensive line, the way that he did, now I understand riling them up, but he basically admonished them on national TV and then for another time refused to shake Nick Foles' hand. Come on, like, now. like, let's be real. If another quarterback had done that, um, <laughs> if another you, you, quarterback you, you, had you, done you that, mean like the guy that used to play in the city, like that guy. If a listen, Cam Newton had a <laughs> towel on his head, and he was basically the worst teammate this side of the daggone Mississippi. <laughs> Tom Brady chews out his teammates in the middle of a game. And let's not act like he played the perfect game himself. Right, right. Very pedestrian game last night. Like, right. you chew out your whole offensive line. You chew out the whole, on the sideline. And then people say, oh, well, that's passion. Passion? But passion? Why, but, but, how, but why is it that when Cam Newton's upset after he loses a damn Super Bowl, that's not passion? Like, why is one passion and one's not passion? I, I, you know what? Sounds, 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 sounds about... Mm, let's move on. All right. So, yeah, <laughs> we both blitzing. Tom Brady is a bad teammate. Now, blitz or block, is Cam Newton the most underappreciated player in recent memory? Oh, man. um, I'm probably going to blitz on that one. I think people, people magnify all of Cam Newton's faults before they magnify what he can do. So in that sense, I am going to say, yes, he is wildly unappreciated. The man did win an MVP. The man did take Ted Ginn and Philly Brown to a Super Bowl. I mean, these Ted Ginn is still in the league, I think. But Philly Brown really hasn't found a landing spot since. I don't, I don't know where he's at right now. 
And 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 again, I and I, Pam is uh, Pam. Cam is so polarizing. Every little thing this man does just gets blown out of proportions I can't even explain. And again, going back to what I said, every little thing that people find fault in Cam, they just don't even want to. I don't know. They just don't even don't even want to consider his greatness or, or what he has done. So yeah, I'm I'm blitzing that one. I'm blitzing also. Listen. The Panthers, Cam Newton did amazing things with the Panthers, right? Amazing, given a makeshift offensive line usually and not many weapons offensively. Like, he he literally carried that team. Now, the, the, the defense helped, the quality defense on the other side. But offensively, Cam never really had enough to really reach his full potential, I believe, here in Carolina as a quarterback. So he carried the he carried the franchise for for the entire time he was here, right? I don't agree with how they did him in free agency, Same. and I've been Same. I've been open with that. Uh, he deserved more than what he got. So you say that he's going to stay, and then you you want to work with him, and then he's dropped, right? And then not just that he's dropped, you know, you sign Teddy Bridgewater, and then you drop him, right? And then he sits unclaimed for 90 days basically did, three months did you do you remember that meme that was going around social media about all the quarterbacks who were signed before cam newton oh let's talk about that <laughs> these are the quarterbacks who signed before and for more guaranteed money than cam newton who is playing who is playing for a league minimum andy dalton blaine gabbert colt mccoy jeff driscoll back up back up, chase back up. Daniel, Marcus Mariota, Case Keenum, A.J. McCarron, Matt Schaub, Matt Barkley, and Nathan Peterman. Nathan Peterman, that's the one that stuck out. These are all of the quarterbacks who are now getting paid more money than Cam Newton, who is paying for playing for a league minimum and is doing basically healthy for the first time in a long time and is balling in New England. You, you, you know what my question to that is? How is it that all these the general managers and the coaches around this league, how can they possibly justify that? Seriously, like you are paid to pretty much evaluate talent and make the best moves for your football team. How can any of these so quote unquote professionals justify that? And all? then the one team that he falls into their lap is New England. Is New England. So we, we gave Bill Belichick, Cam Newton. For wow. for a for for, a, for for the equivalent of a Chick Fil A chicken sandwich, <laughs> absolutely ridiculous. Gotta love it, man. Absolutely blitzing. Cam Newton is the most underappreciated player in recent memory, and I think like I think he played with the chip, sort of, but maybe not. But he's playing with the chip now, right? And we haven't seen chip on your shoulder, Cam Newton. Maybe not since the beginning, right? right. But we haven't seen chip on your shoulder, healthy Cam Newton. Now we do wish him a speedy recovery from from COVID. Absolutely, uh, but you know, uh, disrespectful. Absolutely disrespectful. Absolutely disrespectful. All right, Jamal. One more blitz or block. NBA ratings are down due to social social justice initiatives. Block. Um, they are down due to a lot more than that. Do I feel like the social justice issues are a part of it? Absolutely. You do. I do. I absolutely think it contributes to it. Now again. I don't think that's it, though. 
you got to understand in this extraordinary situation we're in with COVID and, you know, things having to be rescheduled and all this other stuff going on. You got football going on at the same time. I mean, that's enough right there. Then on top of that, mm-hmm. you got, uh, you know, Major League Baseball playoff. Yeah. Uh, hockey was going on at one time. You have debates. You have debates going on. Don't get me started on that. It's a pandemic. It's a pandemic going on. So you have all these things happening at one time. Number one, people can't watch everything. And the hardcore basketball fans, the me and you's and the people who love LeBron and the people who who claim they love the Lakers, they're going to watch it. <laughs> you said that was really shady right there. <laughs> that was shady. I caught that shade. Uh, all those people are going to watch, but you, you, you cannot underestimate what casual fans and their viewing habits are. So casual fans are probably turned off by the social issues along with – just not being able to watch everything at one time. I, I don't. I I agree. I don't know if the social justice initiatives have anything to do with it. I think some of the hardcore people who are like, "Oh, I'm not watching the NBA because it has Black Lives Matter on the court." They probably really weren't watching the NBA to begin but, with. But that's the thing, man. We, the hardcore people they ain't the ones you got to worry about when it comes to ratings. You got to worry about the casual fans, the the ones who don't have anything to do. That's like, oh, the finals are on. I guess I will watch it. And they're the ones to me that are not watching. Well, I'm a block it just like you. Um, uh, for the same reasons. You have NFL. You have baseball. You have a pandemic. You have a general election, and usually the finals are what in June, right? And they have basically a stronghold on all sports. So right. you don't have anything no else to look at. Yeah. And so we tuning into the finals. Right. Me personally, I've thoroughly enjoyed the bubble format. I like the product that the NBA put out. Um, you know, I don't think Miami makes it to the finals without that bubble type I format. Yeah. And and so I'm not I'm not mad about it. I got an NCAA kind of like March Madness kind of feel about it, which I enjoyed. But I think it's I think it's I think it's lazy mm-hmm. to to say, oh, well, the NBA ratings are down because of social justice well, initiatives. Well, you and me both know that 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 narrative is is gonna that that's gonna be a hot topic. You know, you know, you you can mention all the other things the the other sports going on, but if you mention social issues, uh, specifically Black Lives Matter, of course, people come on now. That that's that's gonna that's gonna evoke people's emotions more than anything else. So that's how it goes. All right, Jamal. It's time now for our game predictions. Oh yeah. All of right. course, I want you to give me your predictions for Sunday's matchup: Panthers at Falcons. All right. Um, sorry to disappoint everyone in Charlotte, but I am predicting the Falcons win in a high-scoring game, 38-35, um, mainly because the Panthers have not given us any reason to pick them in this game. I, as much, Look, I would love to be wrong. Sunday after the game, if they're wrong, I, I will celebrate like the rest of Panther Nation. But again, I don't I don't even know how many games we've lost to the Falcons in a row at this point. And they haven't given me any reason to believe that they'll beat them tomorrow. So I'm sorry, Sunday. So again, Falcons 38, Panthers 35, unfortunately. Well, I think the Panthers have lost three games in a row to uh to the Falcons. The last time they won was twenty seventeen. They won November the 5th. Prior to that, they lost another three. And then they won, of course, in 2015, uh, the Panthers' Super Bowl season uh, on uh, December the 13th. But if you remember that season, Atlanta was the only one to beat us, to beat the Panthers. Yep. 
and and prevent that that undefeated season. Look, guys, men lie, women lie, numbers don't, right? Absolutely. And if I'm putting my money on a team and I have to put my money on a team and I'm betting my house, I got to go with the Falcons. And it's nothing against the Panthers because I'm very impressed with the Panthers. I like what they're doing. I like the improvements I'm seeing from them. But Atlanta is desperate for a win. Yep. Their coach is desperate for a win. And it seems like somebody has like somebody has sprinkled some type of potion or hex or some mojo on the Panthers <laughs> where they can't win in Atlanta. So if if I'm betting, I'm betting I'm gonna go with Atlanta. All right. Finally, Jamal, our no cap segment. Do you have somebody you want to shout out? Something you want to shout out? No cap. Um, shout out to my brothers at Under Construction, Kaiser Sose, Rodney Richardson. Uh, shout out to you for inviting me today. This was fun. I I, I got to come back. Hint, hint, wink, wink. <laughs> um, other than that, man, shout out to Charlotte. Just shout out to the city, man. Thank y'all for tuning in, man, and just had a good time. No cap. Am I no cap? Early voting. Early voting starts next week, October the 15th. A couple of early voting sites, Bank of America Stadium, Spectrum Arena. You have no excuse not to get out and vote. No cap. All right, guys. Thank you for tuning in to our first show. Again, we will be here on ESPN 730 every Saturday at 1030. Thanks again to Jamal for coming on. Uh, Make sure you're checking out him and the Under Construction crew on their podcast after the Panthers games on Sunday. You can find them on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. Uh, If you want to be a guest host, again, our DMs are open. And make sure you're following Carolina Blitz on for all of your sports and entertainment news. Be blitzing. The preceding commercial program was sponsored and paid for by the hosts of this program, Charlotte, North Carolina which is solely responsible for its content.